We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again from the outside. Had a clean look, but that one swishes through. Giddy keeps it himself and takes it up as he glides with the finger roll. What is up, and welcome to the uncontested postgame podcast edition. I'm your host for the night, Nick, as the Thunder lose to the Utah Jazz in overtime by a final score of 120 to 119. We are proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. If you don't already, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. If you guys notice anything different about tonight's show, that's because there is something different about tonight's show. Uh, if you're curious why my verbiage as we go throughout is different, that's because I'm paying off a bet that I made with Jacob during our preseason bet show. I'm not going to tell you guys what it is. I'm sure you'll pick up on it. Uh, but if you know, you know. So with that, I want to roll into some of our big picture takeaways. So the first thing I'll say is these are always scratch games, like these first games after the All-Star break. Um, like guys haven't really played hard in a week. Obviously, Oklahoma City had three guys in Salt Lake City. Um, the other guys were definitely getting workouts in and have, have touched balls since, you know, coming back from the break but um, for the most part like this isn't an intense week of workouts or practice or mandatory events a lot of guys are traveling you know spending vacation as they should like enjoy the week off and then come back and focus on the remainder of the season side note by the way uh, Salt Lake City for the all-star break there's so much to do there so much to see it's an awesome place um, whether you do the big like well-known things there or just like hit the back streets um, Super cool experience. Um, you'll, you'll never know if you don't go. And, and probably for myself, I n- never would have gone to Salt Lake City without the All-Star Game being there. But it was cool to, to see the stars shine and, and follow them around all week. Uh, it's a cool place. They say it gets colder by Monday morning when I was leaving Salt Lake City. I was like, I need to get out of here. I want to go back to, to warmer weather down south. And in fact, just a couple of days after Salt Lake City, uh, after I left Salt Lake City, got a ton of snow, got lucky. Um, you know, if you're bundled up now, would have been unbearable just days later, but um, got out of there in time. I think if the All-Star break would have happened a couple of days later, it may have been canceled. Like they got two to three feet of snow. Um, but cold aside, like during the daylight hours when the sun was shining, it was 
you know, very, very good weather. You could walk around. Um, I actually walked like 12 miles on the trip because it's all downtown and there's a whole bunch of stuff to do. Never had to catch an Uber other than after the games when the temperature dropped below um, the threshold that I'm willing to walk in. Uh, but during the daylight, uh, great weather, super cool place. Loved it overall. So again, first takeaway is just this is a, a scratch game. Like win or lose, that's that's my take. If, if SGA would have hit the game winner in this one, I would have said, yeah, like this is still a scratch game. Both teams came in pretty rusty, and it was actually a, a pretty dull game for the most part. Like guys were missing shots, and and it wasn't like a high scoring, high flying game. Even with overtime, uh, the the winner of this game had 120 points, and a lot of times in overtime games, you'll see uh, point totals higher than that. Uh, second takeaway, one of the few games where we see Josh look flustered um, in a variety of ways, like decision-making, uh, missing shots, you know, visibly being frustrated. Josh is a guy that made the take into account. He's a, he's a 20-year-old. Um, but nonetheless, he's a guy that's normally pretty level-headed, doesn't make a ton of mistakes, uh, makes the gimmies, and tonight it was like the perfect storm. Like some nights we see... Maybe he's not hitting shots, but he's distributing well. Or maybe he's making a few bonehead mistakes and turning the ball over, but he's scoring at a high rate, like in the balls in his hands more often. Um, tonight was just, it was like all the above. Everything that could go negative about Josh's game and, and him showing the emotion and being frustrated and, and trying to make up for it, which made it worse. You just don't see that from him very often. And that was likely a big part of the way that this game went. Uh, takeaway three, the team goes as Shea goes, um, especially with the front court rotation. Uh, it's pretty thin, so they're still really leaning on him. I don't know, like when Shea was off the court, the team didn't look the same in the first half, especially like Shea was really carrying the team. And this, this happens a lot with Shea. It's a, it's a young team, the youngest team in NBA history. And Shea's a, an all-star level player. A lot of times Shea is quite literally the offense, and that was the, the the case tonight for the most part. There was guys that contributed and guys that had, you know, really, really good stints offensively, but truly he was a guy that if if he hadn't had the spark he had early on and didn't score the way he did, this this team would have been in a bad place against Utah. Um fourth takeaway, um every game is a, a great test and experience. I know there was um some Thunder fans that were a bit upset after this one. Obviously, it's um, fairly big for standings given Utah's uh, right around the same kind of level as Oklahoma City in terms of like being young and not really sure which direction they're going to go from a win-loss standpoint the rest of the way. Like, do they make the play? Do they not? Um, and this is one of like three games they're going to play in the next couple weeks. So tiebreak will be big. This is one that like Oklahoma City could have pulled away, but it's not the end of the world in my opinion. Um, and that kind of goes into my fifth take. This game won't matter long-term, kind of like in any sport. It's always easy to pinpoint like the play that the game was dictated by. Tonight, it would have been fouling the three-point shooter in Larry Markkinen. But there was a hundred other plays in this game that could have gone a different direction and changed the outcome. Same in football. Like you think about the Super Bowl, the, the James Bradbury hold, that's going to be pinned forever as like the play that gave Kansas City the Super Bowl. But the reality is you can't ever blame one game on a single play. I also think you can't blame one season, whether it's making the play or not making the play on a single game. So this was a, a win that the Thunder probably needed to really 
position themselves well the rest of the way. And like, we may look back at this one, like, man, they, they really could have used that game, but there's also 81 other games in a season that could have gone one way or the other. There's games that thunder one this season that they should not have. There's games they've lost. They should not have. So in the grand scheme of things, like this game won't matter long-term this season. It also won't matter at all by next season. Like when this team is gunning for the five or six seed in the West next year, when Chet's in the lineup and they've added some more talent, like no one's going to look back at this Utah game on February 23rd and say, man, that game is still irking me. So, um, so what's wrong with taking a loss here? It's not the end of the world. I, I don't think it's a, a huge deal. It would have been a big win to have, but um, I'm, I'm certainly not going to lose sleep over it. Uh, as it relates to the live flow of the game and getting more detailed, like again, it was a really fun game despite the loss. So in terms of the game, it was a slow start. You know, that rust is expected. I talked about this at the top of the show. These guys haven't been playing high-level basketball for a week now. Um, Oklahoma City started 0 of 8 from deep. Uh, she just wasn't falling for them tonight. That deep ball just was not there. Um, Clarkson was a spark plug for Utah early on. That's kind of what he does. He's a bucket getter. But SGA pretty much carried the thunder through the first quarter. Uh, he was a double-digit scorer. Um, Oklahoma City only scored 26 or 28 points into the first quarter, and it was just low scoring from, from both sides. Uh, quarter two is pretty back and forth early in the second. It was a really low-scoring game, which, again, um, despite the rust, didn't make sense given the rosters and how many scores are on both teams. I kind of figured it would be a higher-scoring game, even though they hadn't played in a bit. Um, the Thunder Clips 40 points with just like four minutes left in Q2 to give you a sense of how dull the game was early on. Oklahoma City went up as much as five points midway through that second quarter, extended their lead to nine by halftime, but they'd only knocked down three triples at half and they had taken 18. So kind of surprising they were up by as much as they were given the three-point shooting struggles. And this is obviously a three-point shooting league. Um, and at half outside of SJ, who had 18 points, no other member of the Thunder had even seven. Uh, side note, I don't know if anybody watched the, the Jazz broadcast tonight. It was like a grainy, like a satellite picture. Um, at times, I don't know, maybe it was my internet that was going in and out, but the Jazz broadcast was not the greatest. Um, halftime, 55-46, Thunder lead. Jazz started the second half on fire, just hit the ground running, uh, fed to the rules. You know, they within two in the last few minutes of the quarter Shea had a play where he had guys falling over which was probably the play of the game I'm sure if you're on social media you saw it um Shea just has guys on ice skate like when he gets to that that kind of secondary level the, the mid-range area he's so patient but he's also so shifty and it's just it's just awesome to see the way he scores the ball in such a crafty way um Oklahoma City really lacked the paint presence in this in the uh third quarter that was one of the Big takeaways there, but it was a resilient close to the quarter by the Thunder. Um, Utah got really, really close to tying it there in the third, and the Thunder extended their lead and and showed some some fight back there. Um, J-Dub wasn't his best game ever, like really was kind of a, an underwhelming game from him, but he always looks comfortable. He, he had the Lowry assignment tonight for most of the game, so like props to him for what he did do. Some rookies look like they're drowning. You know, Dub's out there like, you know, might as well swim. Um, just continue to be impressed by him and, and what he's done. And in my eyes, he's a, a pretty clear first team rookie kind of guy. But in the third quarter, Oklahoma City was up 86 78. Uh, fourth quarter, again, started pretty ugly for both teams. 
Uh, Larry Markkinen was really the guy that that turned this game around for Utah. He had nine straight points uh, at a given time for Utah there in the fourth quarter. SGA checked in with six minutes and 30 seconds left, and it was 93-89 when he did check in. Um, just a couple minutes later, like at the four and a half minute mark, tie game at 95. Game was getting really, really physical uh, there in the the fourth quarter. I think guys were um, starting to to really, really get down to the wire and want this win. Um, you know, water's warm. Like these these guys just fought. Like it was it was a game where two teams that you could argue um, might be too young or too inexperienced to make the play in, and you know maybe the rest of the season they. They try, but if they don't make it, they have like an excuse for it. Like both these teams really, really, really wanted it tonight, um, which is, is impressive to see. But uh, Kenny Hustle, late fourth quarter, this game probably doesn't go to overtime without him. Um, when it was tied 95-95, he had five straight points to put to go put the Thunder up 100 to 95. Jazz ended up tying it at 100 all. Kenny hits another three to put the Thunder up 103-100. Uh, uh, Markinen ties it right back up, uh, you know, 30, 45 seconds later at 104, 104. Um, you know, it's, it's 106, 104 with 17.7 seconds left. Um, so the thunder up to, uh, jazz called timeout kind of in the middle of a THT drive, which is an interesting time to call a timeout. So the jazz have the ball, you know, with, with one shot left, but there's still gonna be time on the shot clock. Walker Kessler gets a rebound, puts it back up. Uh, I thought it was going to be a, a, a jump ball, but nonetheless, he, he gets the layup to go. Ties it at 106 with 4.6 seconds left. Isaiah Joe takes the final shot. It was actually a, a crafty shot. Like he, uh, it, was a, it was a layup, but he went up and under and tried using the rim to uh, essentially act as a shield to Walker Kessler. But Kessler still got there, blocks Joe. It was his seventh block of the night, which is wildly impressive going into overtime. And it was 106-106, the end of regulation. Um, I won't go through every back and forth play of overtime. It was actually a pretty exciting overtime. Um, Larry Markinen, man, like he's going to get paid his next deal. I know we all got to, to see him on, on all-star weekend. And, you know, he's this kind of like seven footer that can do a little bit of everything tonight. Like if, if you guys are not believers of Markinen, go watch this game. Um, there was just times on the stretch where it looked like, there was just lapses in defense, judging by the hole in the defense, but it was just like he couldn't be stopped. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, the Jazz end up winning this game, like I said, uh, 121-19. SGA had a, a chance to win the game and man, he almost did it. It rattled out at the end. Uh, it was a kind of a, a mid-range jumper that he intentionally put off the glass and it rattled out. Um, but again, like your brain tells you this was a big deal. Your head tells you the same thing, but like, don't ever think this game. Um, the Thunder are playing the second night of a back-to-back tomorrow against the Phoenix Suns. And, and history tells you second night of a back-to-back following an overtime game against a really good team likely means a, another loss. But we've seen time and time again from this Thunder team and from the NBA in general, like anything can happen, like truly anything can happen. And I wouldn't automatically write off tomorrow night's game as a loss against the Suns by any means. If you follow us on Twitter, you've already seen it, but our uncontested player of the game, no surprise, goes to SGA. Hey, now you're an all-star. Had a 39-8-7 and seven tonight. Did miss some crucial free throws on the stretch, but again, the Thunder would not have been in that game without him. Um, he's one of the best players in the world and his play tonight, um, was just spectacular, but the meteor men begged to differ. What a concept. Um, SGA is, is the face of this franchise. And I think he obviously will be for a long, long time, even if, you know, Chet ends up being a star and Oklahoma city grabs another solid pick in the upcoming draft. Like he's just so good right now that I don't see a world where he's not like a first or second option. The thunder contending again. Um, to wrap things up here, a uh, couple of Twitter questions. I think it's important to touch on some of these because they were all pretty thematic for the most part. And when I say thematic, I mean like angry slash sad about the game in general. And I, I think there's some like things we probably should conceptualize as we think about this game as a whole. Um, first Twitter question. A lot of these came via DM. Um, is the season over is, is a question. Uh, no, obviously, um, somebody much smarter than me, I'm kind of dumb, but once told me that, you know, think big picture, don't overthink the moment this time next week, the thunder could be on a three game win streak. And this jazz game could mean nothing. Like I said, every NBA team wins games. They shouldn't and loses games that they shouldn't lose. So, um, you got to move forward. That's exactly what's going to happen with this Thunder team and the culture they've built. It's like a, a zero zero clean slate. They're not going to carry this game into tomorrow. So just don't ever think the moment. Uh, another question kind of touched on this, but the question was, you know, this says OT screws us for Phoenix, right? 
I think what they're asking is, does playing an overtime game, you know, 24 hours before you have a game against the Suns guarantee a loss? Uh, no. And the second part of their question says, can the Thunder afford two losses? Yeah, they can definitely afford two losses. Like losing two games right at the All-Star break makes it a lot harder to make the play in longer term. Like we're talking, you know, 20 something games remaining the rest of the season. So losing two is, is significant, like 10% of your schedule. Um, but again, like things change quickly as, as easily as you lose two in a row, you can win two in a row. So I don't think tonight was a, uh, a season ending loss. Actually, I know it's not a season ending loss by, by just simple math. Uh, losing tomorrow night in Phoenix will also not be a season losing loss. You can lose both those games and still make the play in. Absolutely. Um, you know, when the thunder start coming, they don't stop coming, you know, spare the criticism. This team is young. They're the youngest team in NBA history, but the culture and the coaching staff in the front office will continue pushing them forward. I think these guys are self-motivated and they'll be just fine. Uh, third Twitter question should we give up on Trey Mann? No. Uh, I think everybody needs a few years before you give up on them. Uh, I don't think Trey Mann's been so bad that you should even consider giving up on him. Like He's a second-year player, and he's shown some solid flashes, although he's not been as good this year as last year. Uh, I would not give up on him. Like Look at look at Larry Markkinen, for example, who's in like year six, You know, albeit it did take him a couple of stops around the league to finally catch his groove and gain the confidence and break out. But, um, you know, wait till you get older. Um, I'm not, I'm not the, not the, uh, the sharpest tool in the shed. Maybe somebody smarter than me knows, but, um, there's a bunch of guys that year three, year four really turn things around. And I'm not saying Trey man's going to do that, but I absolutely would not give up on a guy like him whenever he's, you know, two point, seven no 1.7 years into his nba career uh last one here how can you enjoy these types of games this one came live um my night was actually good how about yours uh i like it like these kinds of games myself like it's you got to look past the loss like it was an overtime game uh the two stars in this game are both the top favorites for most improved players. We're talking like legitimate rising stars right now that are that are young and and could emerge as faces of their respective franchise. You know, I'll, I'll never get bored watching good basketball in my world. Like that's a fun game. Even Thunder win, Thunder lose. It's also it's fuel. It's also fuel for them. Given Mark's comments post game, um, he mentioned the locker room was uh, visibly upset after this loss. Like you can just tell these guys care a lot. Um, gas them up, you know, things will change longer term. We could all use a little change and it's, it's definitely coming next season with guys like Chet coming in. So losses like this as, um, overwhelming as they may seem in the moment as, as it seems the fan base is pivoting towards really, really, really wanting to make the plan. Um, you got to think bigger picture that change is coming. A lot of the glaring issues for this team are going to be fixed with guys like Chet Holmgren and other guys are going to add for sure. So the upcoming schedule for the Thunder, we've talked about it a lot on this pod. They got the Phoenix Suns tomorrow night, second night of back to back. We'll be back home on Sunday, which man, like they get Saturday off and then right back at it. Uh, this this next couple of weeks for the Thunder is brutal in terms of like how many days off they get following the break. But they now have a twenty eight 
and 30 record and sit just outside of the play-in picture. Um, again, season's not over. Like two games below 500. I'm actually going to do some digging on like the last four or five years um, teams that were around like the 10 seed. What how many games they did to win? It's going to be a little bit variable, but I mean the Thunder is still certainly on track to have a, a real chance to make the play-in. If you guys didn't catch on. The bet that I lost required me to record this pod while using every word in the song All-Star by Smash Mouth, which by the time this show is over, I will have done. Uh, Jacob, I hate the fact that we made this bet, but I'm paying it off. If you guys were like at certain points in this pod thing, like what the heck did this guy just say? It's because I tried to fit in ways to, uh, to enter some of the words or phrases that have no connotation to basketball and have no way to weave into a post-game pod. But hopefully um, the pod made sense and it actually broke down the game and what it means while also integrating the entire lyric base of a song. Um, Last thing I'll say, we'll be back with you guys on Sunday for a group pod and get the show on. Jacob will have the shape of an L on his forehead. We'll see you guys then. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.